0: And welcome to mytenniscoaching.com and another coach's chat. I'm joined today by Sam Tyler. Sam, nice to see you. How's it going? Hey Steve, how are you? I'm good, thank you. So, Sam is to me, Mr. Tots Tennis. Any questions I have about tot's tennis, I go to Sam. Um, so we're on here today, Sam, to talk all about tot's tennis, but just give a little introduction to yourself, mate. Where you're from, what do you do, and how did you fall into the world of tot's
1: tennis? Uh, so, I'm at the based at the Park Lining Club, um, the 18 under development coach over here in Bromley. Um, I've been in the industry now for about 20 years. Um, I fell in love with tots tennis quite early on. Um, working with younger children seemed to be more something I was suited to. Um, I had a good connection with the kids from an early from the earlier ages, um, and it's been the same ever since um we've got now quite a successful program over at park langley with tots tennis it's going really well at the moment all of our holiday camps and the children we have in the group so yeah really exciting stuff mate
0: sounds good um i'll just give you an introduction to my uh experience of tots tennis so i i did it way back when in it was manchester the first time i did it it was parents and tots I mate i i, I struggled I struggled having parents on court because it scared the life out of me because I was a young coach. I, I was also trying to teach these kids, bottom, <clears throat> very technical skills, which they couldn't do. They also struggled to listen to me. And I vowed that day I would never coach that group again. Fast forward a few years later, I get an interview for David Lloyd. And it's like a classic coach interview. You do like the off-court interview. Then you would do an on-court lesson. So I do the off-court and he says to me, okay, you're on court with a group of tots. Oh, oh, it's now coming off the back of 12 years performance coaching, working <laughs> with like national <laughs> regional level players. Mate, I go on and I wing this on court. I just play animal movers where I shout the name of animal. You move like an animal. And I just did like these crazy games. Cause I had no clue. And I got the job, thankfully. And I vowed that day never to do tots tennis again. And I thought when I get the job, I'm gonna pass that off to another coach because, <laughs> like, I, that's so out of my comfort zone. And um, I spoke to the tots, uh, the tots, sorry, the crash manager, who's now my wife, by the way. Put <laughs> that out there. The... And she's like, "No, no, you're not passing it off to to another coach. Like, this is this is your responsibility." And I and I did the first session, mate. It was a train wreck. Like I was, I was, I was saying to the kids, okay, go stand on the blue spot. And these kids didn't know what blue or red were at this stage. <laughs> like like we're really, really small. And to be fair to Alison, my now wife, she like helped me understand, like you can't talk the way you do with a 10 year old to a two year old. And I just feel like so many tennis coaches that I come in contact with have those same experience I did. and have yeah. the same reaction I did of I'm never doing that again. That is so, so difficult. That is a good part though, because my wife wouldn't let me <laughs> leave and I still do Tots tennis till this day in, in, in her preschool business. It made me understand I have to change my style of coaching and every half hour, every half hour Tots I do this week is my funnest half hour of the week. Yeah. Because it, it, it it's so much fun. It doesn't feel like coaching. Um, and to be fair, my wife. She helped me. Speaking to you even a few weeks ago, you helped me. And I said, I had a nightmare the other day. This is what I did. And you said, why to do that? Think about it this way. Um, and I and I just feel that a lot of tennis coaches are in that same boat. And I know we've had a conversation as well. I think a lot of top tennis and red tennis always gets passed to the new coach. Always yes. gets passed to the beginner. And I always say it's like the blind leading the blind. So what I'd like to sort of uncover in this chat, and sort of help the coaches listening is okay what are those challenges that these coaches face what I faced what are your amazing solutions um and then sort of what how can we can sort of how can we make a good tot session great um because I think it is quite important um part of the pathways part of a, a big part of a program but I think I think we get it wrong I think that's why we don't see the numbers in top Tennis that we should, because, again, it's the base of the pyramid, right? It should be the biggest part of the programme, because then yep. everyone else puts us on. Yep. Um, so there's my story, mate. There's my my pain points, as it were, and I'm sure many coaches listening will relate. So, um, yeah,
1: there we go. It's it's everybody, every coach talk to, they they have that fear of tot's Tennis. I think it's not every certainly younger coaches coming in you have parents watching you you have parents sat by the side of the court it can be really intimidating but i think it's the one like you said where you said it's the funnest 30 minutes of the week i mean the, the sessions here at park langley are 45 minute sessions but it's you have to go in having fun you have to go in relaxed. You can you can't be thinking about anything else. It, you've just got to go in and completely lose yourself within the session. Um, where you go in and you, you have a structure, yes, you're gonna have some basic points you want to go through, but everybody knows with a tot session something will derail it. Something will send it off in a different direction, whether it's a kid who doesn't want to join it, whether it's a kid who's upset who doesn't want to sit with their mum, whether it's a, a child halfway through the session that needs the bathroom. it's There will always be something that switches the lesson around slightly. But one of the best things I try and do, and it's something I get spoke to a lot about, is you have to be patient. If you have something and you have a plan in that lesson, stick to it. You know, don't feel oh it's not going well. Oh, this child's not enjoying it. This one, keep going with it. And generally, what will happen is they will they'll absorb it. You know, they will get involved. um But the moment you kind of jump on it, go oh it's not working, you panic or you start thinking something. So, oh, it's not looking great. Your session's going to go. Um, and I think one of my the biggest any, any of the young coaches that work with us at the Park Branding Club, if they are working with me and Todd, be patient. You know, it, you are it's it's not going to be perfect and i think that's one of the my best uh, my best kind of things that i could g- give advice to any coach working with tots tennis
0: you know what it's so key the patient stuff and i like what you said there but you have to go in the right frame mind there's days when i've gone in tired stress parents doing my head in somewhere or players doing my head in and i've gone in with the wrong mindset and the session's awful because I just, like you said, that I haven't embraced the environment that these kids are in, which is fun and exploring and they're trying out new things. And I've gone in quite grumpy. And it's a hard, it's a hard slog for me. And like on reflection, I, I I walk out and I do the classic tennis coach thing. I, I blame the players, don't I? Oh, they just weren't engaged today, they weren't focused. And then as I'm sitting in in, in the uh, in the cafe afterwards having a coffee, i going, yeah, that was me on it. It was my fault. And my wife tells me by the way when I get home, like that was you yeah, today. You're in trouble there. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's hard working with the missus sometimes. But then, but then but she's right though, like because if I go in with the wrong, oh, this is not going to be fun. This is going to be tough. These kids, these kids are oh, they, they can't listen, they, they don't follow instructions. And if I go in with that mindset, then I know it's going to be tough because I'm almost putting my expectations in the wrong way, that the negative way. When I go in, like you know what, I'm just gonna roll with it today. I'm just gonna literally roll with it, and whatever they do, they can do as long as it's safe and it's and it, it it's it's a, an enjoyment for them. Like that's fine, and I find those sessions are my best sessions when I'm when I like you said that I'm loose. I'm not I'm not stressed, and I might have to take five minutes before I walk through the door just to get myself composed. Um, but, but but I think that's a huge thing. I think you do have to go in with with the right mindset. What what I find now though is it's the thirty minutes a week where I can act like a three year old. So I can act, <laughs> yeah. I can act like a three year old in that session because again, like you said, I've got to throw myself into their world. Like I'm a stranger going into their environment. It's yeah. not my environment because because I because I go to the preschool where, they're, where where these kids are every day or so much fun
1: going into preschools doing the stuff it's
0: uh yeah it is fun and i think for me like i've got to go into their environment in the right mindset and i think even if you don't go into preschool you set up a a court at the club whether it be a badminton hall or an outdoor court it's still like i see it now as very played centered but it's their environment so i have to match them they don't have to match me and that's where i think a lot of coaches get it wrong it's we are the authority, we're in charge. Whereas yeah. I don't see it that way no more. The players are in charge. Of yeah. The three-year-olds are the environment. I don't,
1: I don't know what you think about that. Uh, no, I I couldn't agree more. Um, I very often talk to coaches and they, they'll they run, they'll cover a tot session for me. And they have that panic of, oh, I don't think it went very well. Oh, they didn't learn anything. I think when, as a parent myself, what you should actually be thinking about with a tot session is, first of all, are they safe? Are they in a safe environment? Because that's what mum and dad want. They want them just to go and make sure it's safe. And do they leave having fun? Yeah. If you if you tick off the, the bit next week where they run out to mum and dad and say, yeah, I want to come next week. You've done a great lesson, you know, trying to teach them how to hit a forehand or trying to teach. It's, it's not going to happen. You know, you, you've got to there's every kid's going to learn differently within the session anyway, but it's it's keeping it simple. They, they've got to leave knowing they they've had fun. And it's, as you said, their environment, if they are going in there in their environment, and they're having fun. It's a successful lesson. And if, every time I kind of will go back to the, the group of children, if a coach cover me and they all say, oh, yeah, it was great. We had fun. The feedback to that coach is it's a great lesson. They, they've enjoyed it, um and I think that's one of the most important parts with Tots Tennis as well. Oh, massively! I
0: think it definitely has to be fun for everybody. But I'm, I'm a big believer now of this this myth of time pressure. Like you mentioned there, uh, the coach saying, "Oh, I did a half hour lesson. they didn't really improve or learn anything." Like, they're not going to learn like a lot in half an hour. Like, they might get they might get one percent. And like coaches say to me all the time, "Well, uh, I've only got an hour." You have it if you these kids, these tots, they've got twenty years. Yeah, hopefully they've got twenty years of coaching. You don't. Yeah. You don't want I've been in into six weeks. Like you're just giving Definitely. them the experience, and we talk yeah. about long-term athlete development all the time. But then we're we'll always going. But then we're always trying to fit in as much as we can in an hour. Like now, again, just reflecting on my tot sessions, I used to try and get maybe three or four activities in half an hour. I don't know. I try and get maybe two, three. <laughs> Yeah, a posh that are all very similar. But you're right, maybe just one. Yeah, and I think I'm, I'm trying to fit too much
1: in sometimes. I think one, I try and do one thing, but I'll focus on it in three stages. Yeah, I mean, that's maybe, what I mean, yeah. So kind of my last taught session yesterday, we were working on throwing the ball and understanding a different throw, whether it's an underarm throw, an overarm throw. But it is breaking it down into different different activities and maybe two activities is enough um our, the warm-up game where you have to engage the children is your first kind of 10 minutes so your activities are going to be quite small anyway and quite quick mm-hmm. um, I find with the sessions we do 45 minutes as I said but they're so it's so quick and you, I mean it's probably my only session of the week that it starts and it finishes and it's it's gone in in seconds and I think you know that's that's great because I'm having fun I know the session's going well, but trying to make sure that they, they're they engaged for as long as possible. And generally, six, seven minutes, five minutes sometimes is enough to then switch it on to the next thing. But I'll try and keep it all linked to one, I don't like using the word in Tots Tennis, but teaching point or one area that we'd focus yep. on, and that would be it. Um, trying to do serving, trying to do forehand, trying to do... But, it's not going to work um whether it's working on floor rallying pushing the ball with a balloon they'll do maybe three different things using a balloon i think the a balloon session is is the best thing and they get to take the balloon home at the end you can do so much with a balloon um it was fantastic to see players like sabalenka uh, on your video i um, i saw her warm up last year using a balloon it, it's in such a valuable piece of kit I mean, my, uh, my local store don't like me every time I go in because I seem to buy them out of balloons. But um, it, it keeping it simple, I think, is really important. One activity that you can just add different challenges to.
0: Man, it's so important. And, and and that video of the Aussie Open was great. And I can't remember who sent it to me now. It might have been James White. Shout out to James who sent it to me. I was like, oh, my God, that's great. Like, we have this this mindset of the pro players are very serious and, like, balloons are for just mini players and yeah. red balls are for red players. Like the clip of Raducanu using a red ball and the red racket the other week as she's come back from wrist injury. Like they're just tools that we use at all levels and it definitely has to be fun. I definitely take your advice of less is
1: more with Tots. Yeah. Um, with, with that, be- go on, sorry, mate. No, that's, sorry, I was, that, that's crucial. When I've covered Tots before, or someone at a coach has covered in and covered Tots before and I've sent them the lesson plan, They'll very often look at it and go, well, there's only one thing here I'm looking at. Yeah. But within that 45 minutes, the two other things that they need to do related to it is enough. And they, they, their session, they'll fly through it and go, God, yeah, that was that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's adding too much or trying to go and change things as well can also really affect the lesson. If you've got a plan, stick to the plan, but keep it as simple as possible. It's the most important thing.
0: Mate, I, I think I think that's so important because I know I've been guilty of trying to do too much, and like I think a part of that, and I say it a lot with coaches, like I think there's a peer pressure of someone's paying us for session, we've got to give as much value as possible, and we try and cram in so much, and I think that's why we get the over complicated demonstrations, the over complicated games, the coaches talking constantly for half an hour because they feel the peer pressure of I have to perform because someone's paying me. I definitely have the belief now, not just in tot tennis, but in any lesson. Like, the less I do, the better, because I want the player to work out themselves. So I'm guilty of this as well. But when I, when I watch lots of tot sessions, there's a lot of communication from the coach. There's a lot of talk and a lot of explicit instruction. I feel when I do it, it doesn't work because these kids are like, oh, look, there's a block of flats behind you. I'm like, just spent 10 minutes explaining this very complicated game and all you're focused on is a block of flats and oh, I God. that's my fault so one rule that I have I don't know what you think about this is I've got 10 seconds I've got 10 seconds to just quickly give them an idea of what the activity is and then okay just go just go and you just you you be you you work it out and do whatever you want um and, and that's my limit now I've got 10 seconds just to quickly explain either. The, the area we're in and the very basic principle of the game, because uh, I think, I don't know about you but, but, but you, but any more than that, then I've just lost him. And you get there,
1: there's a bird and there's a feather on the floor and stuff like that. I, with, with demonstrations in TOTS tennis, I think the, the one thing that works for me, I, I learned this from a, a PE teacher, a gymnastics teacher years and years ago, that rather than me demonstrate it, I get them to do it. Oh, nice! So I'll, I'll walk with them doing it. Now, what that creates first of all is oh, that little oh, little Billy's been able to do that this week, so they want to do it. And oh, you know, me, you know that that oh, I'm being picked to do them demonstrations. Now, I'll run with them. I'll I'll show them what we're doing, but I'll get them to do the demonstration. Even if it's, uh, for example, an exercise where they're cooperative learning and working together, I'll get two of them to do it. Because immediately the focus, that guy that's kind of again, it's about giving them their own lesson, um, and them kind of being in charge of it. But the the fact that they're the ones to stood there showing everyone, you know, they're looking. Oh, mom and daddy, you watching this? I've been picked. It's, it gives them more of a focus, and I think children watch other children better rather than me kind of constantly talking all the time. But as when I am talking to them. I make sure it's a really, really close environment that, you know, I wouldn't have them spaced out. It'd be quite small. They'd come in. The tone of your voice is really quiet. And even with a demonstration as well, I don't shout it. So, you know, when you're doing a demonstration for adults tennis or a group tennis, you might be shouting across. You might be asking someone to listen. That doesn't work in Tots tennis. You, you have to be close. So even if I'm doing a demonstration and the two children are demonstrating it, The other four children will be sat quite close to them so they can see what's going on. Um, It's like um, if you watch uh, preschool teachers, when they read a book, they don't have preschool, all of them sat at desks. They all come in, they sit on the carpet. It's nice and closed down. And the reason for that is not because they want it all to be. It's so the teachers got that control of the group and they know that they're listening as well mate that, that's that's so good and i
0: think mean, there's a couple of great things in that i i love the peer to peer demo
1: yeah i like we do it with all of the age groups i've never done it with tots before again, he- it's valuable um Jim it was a gymnastics teacher that showed me it and he always made the joke that he never wanted to do the demonstrations in gymnastics so he picked the, the other guys to do it for him but the moment you do that in a tennis session they they're so proud that they've that's the word I was looking for they're so proud that they've been selected to do it and it is important as well I think we're all guilty of it slightly sometimes as tennis coaches you always try and pick the one that listens the best don't do that in Tots Tennis Pick, try and change it try and allow everyone to have a go at doing it and you'll actually generally find the one that maybe is a little bit younger isn't as able maybe isn't it's maybe new to the lesson actually will do the best demonstration um and i think that's that it's really good to switch it around and everyone has a go at doing it as well
0: mate it's so good because i think the power of a peer-to-peer um demo is like you said one they have responsibility and ownership and, and they have a sense of pride two the kids will look at the other child doing it and can relate to that child because it's a, it's a peer, it's the same age and stage. And we do it with with like adults. Like I'll do a demo, and like adults say to me, "Yeah, it's good for you because you're a coach." <laughs> and and and, and kids say as well, "Yeah, you can do it because you're a coach and you're a forty year old, forty one year old, <laughs> good looking, funny man." Like I, I can't do it. So I've never thought about a touch tennis and guilt again on reflection. Now, If you talking? I'm guilty of thinking, "Oh, they can't do it." So that's 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 on me, like, thinking, well, they can't do it. But how do I know unless I give them an opportunity? Yeah. and, and I've been coaching 23 years, and now I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I've never thought of that before. So that, made that that's so insightful. Um, and the communication bit's important. And I know that, again, first, it's just, just like a TOTS therapy session for me, mate. Um, <laughs> I've made lots of kids cry at TOTS tennis. Not because I'm a mean, nasty person, because I'm so loud. And I'll yeah. go in like a ball of energy, hi, ah! and yeah. it's just tears. And again, my dear wife goes, "You do realise when these when you raise your voice, they relate that to a parent shouting, like so. You've got to speak really slow and soft." And I'm like, "I was just trying to bring energy." On my coach education, we talk about energy and being lively. Uh, and <laughs> these kids are like literally crying. And mate, there's nothing that makes you feel worse than a kid crying because you've like done that. <laughs> And I love like I learned very quick within those sessions of sitting down, eye level, speaking very softly, very slowly um, and not not coaching the same way. Like you mentioned there. greatly, I'm not coaching the same way I coach adults and even like some of the words like I mentioned before, the words I use have to be completely different um, because like the, the level of understanding, the level of awareness is is not that of a 40 year old and I don't know about you mate but I can't remember being free no like it's tough yeah yeah exactly so but we (laughs) lose that empathy don't we we lose what it's like of a big towering tennis coach coming in and being very loud like I mentioned before you're going into their environment and like in my wife's preschool that she runs like they never raise their voice even if like a child's misbehaving or whatever, they'll never raise their voice because mom, mom, my wife says like, it gets nowhere. Like, so it's, so then if I come in and I'm loud, it's completely unsettling the environment and stuff. So any, cause like any other tips with, with communication, cause again, going back to the coaches demonstrations, a lot of the time it's at all levels, but especially tots level, like there's just too much information going in. And even like when I'm watching, I'm like, I can't remember
1: what that coach just asked that kid to do. I, the biggest tip with regards to communication for me is, and again, I have coaches that are running a top session or the sorry coaches that are covering me or some of the other coaches that work within the team, um, all doing great jobs. But one thing is to make a top session as small as possible. And what I mean by that is the the space that you're using, going and doing it on a tennis court even a half tennis court it's not going to work because what do you have to do immediately once the space is bigger if to raise your voice you raise your voice you're going to start yeah. out so having something so we do our top sessions on badminton courts but even then a lot of the activities are only done on half a badminton court because i mean to bear in mind as well the other courts that we have using there'll be other red sessions or sessions going on blue sessions and things with the tot session, it has to be close. So the space is for me is a big one on communication. I've watched tot sessions where they've been on outside venues and they've used a whole court. They've got some tots over here doing an activity, and obviously you've got no control because you're watching over there and you're watching over here. And even on a half court, again you're watching from one corner, of the baseline up by the net. It doesn't work. So it actually the communication for me it, it improves immediately once the space becomes smaller um and everything can be done within that that small zone and um, your communication you can soften your voice they can still hear you and um, that's that's a, a really valuable one and marking out the zone I think as well if you you are working I'm lucky enough with the badminton courts. obviously they've got lines but on a tennis court same to go from double tram lines to double trans, It's too much space yeah. so actually marking it out with some markers it, it makes their. it's again it's creating their environment but making it a small environment you make it too big as, as you said you raise your voice you raise your voice you become shouting it's again the it, immediately the tone of the lesson will change mate i love that and i'm sure you brought that up because i told you the story about media for a
0: week that's okay i'll talk about it now uh but yeah <laughs> it's like we we had the chat about the nightmare session i had other week where I did a, a tot session. This is just like super mini tots. These are like ones and two-year-olds. These are like super just about walking, but lovely right. kids. Um, and we normally do it in the preschool garden. And we normally got like a little corner. And I put out the hoops where they stand and stuff. It's nice and close and, and bingy. But because of obviously the bad weather in the winter, there's like a little patch of grass and it gets muddy and stuff. And it's a nightmare. So in the preschool, because it's like in a community center, They've got like a outdoor five side football pitch. Me being very clever, oh, just use the AstroTurf, won't we? So we go off, and as soon as they get through the gate, mate, guess what they do? (laughs) They're all over the place, and I'm like, stop, stop, come back, come back, come back! Oh mate, it's just, it's, uh, it's just like it, because again, to them, it's like all this space. What do they want to do? Do they want to go and explore? Yeah, they yeah. want to go and explore this new space and look at the goals and look at the like I said before the feathers on the floor and like it's all yeah. stimulating. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, why is this not like in my head? I'm thinking this should be better. I've got more space. Like I've, I could do more things. I can I could do like an obstacle course and stuff. And you're right. It just because it's so open, they're not again. I'm not a top. I'm guessing their natural instinct is to. I'm gonna it's go. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I'm going to go and look and see what all these mad, crazy things are. And I think we forget that as adults because we don't go exploring no more. We want to have regimented and routines. Like, even when I go on holiday, like, I don't like going out that much and exploring no more like I did when I was younger. I want to just go to the bar and back every day for 14 days. Now, like, when I was younger, I'd go off and explore and be adventurous. I think as we get older, we lose that sense because we think we know it all and we've seen it all um and yeah i think i think that was definitely definitely a an issue i I like the thing about equipment and again i'll give another personal story i've got loads of top torah stories mate it's it's great but all learning experiences for me I so i the next week i go up and i set up an obstacle course yeah okay like i go off what you said okay i'm going to set up this obstacle course I set it up in the penalty area, the a side football. Okay, so it's all boundaryed up and stuff. Okay, I go to the preschool. We we escort the kids from the from the preschool to the to the court. It's an enclosed garden, so it's not that far. I let the kids go in first. Guess what they do? They go off and just destroy my obstacle course, <laughs> and I'm like. Oh. What 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 do I try and do? I try and regain control by yeah. raising my voice, giving them explicit instructions. After I reckon two minutes, I just went, just do what you want. There's the toys. Make up, just do what you want, play some games. Yeah. And it was, I reckon, it was the best 20 minutes on that point I've ever done because they had all the stimulus, they had all this equipment. Yes, it was unstructured, it was it was chaotic. I reflect on that now. That was my fault because I should have been in there first and got them sat down and explained what potentially is about
1: to happen. But because I let them through the gate before me, so I've being a gentleman, you see. Well, uh, I, I, do you know some of the some of the best sessions I've done is where you just put loads of equipment on the floor. Obviously, you have to have certain equipment that you you know is going to be safe to use. Yeah, 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 but putting loads of different balls on the floor and saying to them, right go and watch what they do with them yeah. you know and if they pick the ball up and they want to throw it right how can they throw that better oh if they, they're kicking it oh what could they do to get and i think one of the best lessons is where they explore different equipment on the floor yeah um, putting hoops on the floor what they do with a the hoop they pick it up and try and do a hula hoop they try and roll it i mean everything you do within that kind of 20 minutes of them playing with different equipment I mean, I did a, a TOTS lesson two days ago where I put different tennis balls on the floor. Okay. Because they probably haven't seen a hard one. They're normally used to playing with the foam balls. But mm. You know, put orange and obviously all different colors, which TOTS love. And said to them, right, guys, what we're going to do, we're going to tidy all these up. But you've got to do the orange or you've got to do the red. And what did they do straight away? Oh, this is a red. And, it's, and then they spoke about the different type of ball. Oh, this one's bigger. This one's softer they loved it. And it's some, you know, tidying never when they're at nursery as well. The, the nursery teacher says tidy up. Is that sense of achievement, that pride thing. Again, who can tidy up the best? You do anything like that in a TOTS lesson, they love it. And I think it's one of the best things to do is is let them be free and, and kind of enjoy all the equipment, but keeping it within that small zone as well. It, it's it, it'd always be a successful lesson. And again, Parents might not, they, as long as the children are safe, children are having fun in a TOTS lesson, I think that's the most important part. Okay, you trying to teach them how to bounce and hit or it, it's just it's not going to work. Mate, it, it,
0: it, it, I probably learned more in that 20 minutes about TOTS tennis than I did in 20 years because I just stood back and my primary goal was to make sure everyone's safe. Yeah. And I think if that would have happened five years ago, I would have tried to, well, I, I did try to regain control, but then I remembered your voice in my head and I thought, oh, no, <laughs> I um, and I just let them go and it was safe. And what I also tried not to do is be too explicit. Like I didn't say, well, oh, with that ball, you've got to do this, or with that hoop, you've got to do this. I, like like, like what you rightly said there, I just watched them and it amazed me the stuff they came up with. Like, it amazed me like how they started getting the big, traffic cones and making ice creams with the tennis balls. Yeah, And I it amazed me how, like, they were throwing the beanbags into the hoops without me even telling them to throw beanbags into the hoops. And then the week after, my warm-up game was make a mess. So all the equipment was there, and they just went on. And, they, and I said, okay, make a mess. And they and they went across, and they knocked all the towers over. And then I said, okay, now tidy up. And they put the balls under the towers. And I so it, it's just, like... I think sometimes as a coach goes back to that peer pressure. We worry about chaos. We worry about, oh, it just looks a mess and stuff. And then like, I'm lucky in the preschool because there's no parents. Obviously I have a preschool uh, member of staff with me. So there's no parents watching me, but I I can see from a coach's point of view, if that were to happen in a lesson at a club, as a coach, I would panic because I would go, oh my God, the parents are going to think this is unorganized. I can't control the group. I've got to regain control. What would you say, or what advice would you give to a coach, apart from obviously embrace the chaos? Would you encourage the coach to then communicate that with the parents to say, "Listen, this is great. Like this is what we want them to do." Because I think a lot of the times parents are uneducated in terms of coach education or coach development or even skill acquisition. Would you encourage the the the, the coach to tell the parents? this is great and the reasons why?
1: The communication with parents in TOTS tennis is a a tough one because generally the the parents will be close to the court anyway. Yeah. Um, So I think, I don't think if you, if you do a session that's very open, which is very much like we've said, the equipment's there, you go and play. I think parents will understand and watch what you're doing, you're not just standing there and going, "Yeah, go and play with the equipment." As long as you're active within your role, and if you see a child pushing the hoop, you know, show them how they can do it better. Show them what they could do. What you know, what are they trying to do? What I we had a boy the other week who was he picked up a, a beanbag, uh, a tennis ball, and a beanbag. Do two things. He was over on throw. He was launching it the length of the badminton court. This is a, a small. So encourage that. Um, and and i wouldn't i think parents do understand certainly with tots tennis that it's not going to be them standing there working on their take back and their unit turn and how they and how they stand It's it's they've got to have fun they've got to be engaged and i i i think for me parents watching because they're so close they they will understand but obviously if you do get the question a parent saying what what's the structure here what's the plan I would explain to them what I'm doing. Right. Um, it, it doesn't, but for me, I think parents do understand that it's not going to be, I, you know, a perfect, um, de- a perfect lesson where everything goes how you want it to go. And I think mm-hmm. that's the difference between tots tennis and you know when you go to the the blue stage and the red stage. I it, think parents parents do understand that. Um, I, I'd be. you Obviously, you do get some parents that want their child to be world number one um, at such a young age, but it's. I think the. I think parents do follow the the lesson, and and you know another thing I quite like to do with parents at the end of a session is to maybe to cover kind of yourself a little bit as well. Is I'll say to them, okay, well, did you see we were doing that with the overarm throw today? Is that something you can maybe practice at home? um whether it's an underarm throw or throwing the the bigger balls from the side or throwing them up we relating it to how you play the game of tennis and giving them almost a little bit of homework that they can go away and do it now once you've done that and you've spoken to the parents at the end and you've got them involved i don't think there'll ever be then an issue of what you're doing in the session because you're the parents are involved in the session as well
0: that, that, that's great advice man i, I think we've Again, even with me, with an experienced coach, I, you do feel that bit of peer pressure sometimes. It might not yeah. be from parents. It may be from a fellow coach or a lead coach or a head coach. And, and I know we talked a bit off camera before. I think we need to understand to develop skill, it has to be messy. There has to be a degree of trying to explore the environment or, or explore the skill. And and one of my big bugbears, and if anyone ever listens to my streams, is like we control too much. Now, obviously, we don't want it to be completely chaotic and dangerous and stuff. But there has to yeah. be an element of, of intent, I call it now, not control. There has to be an intent to everything that we do, but, allowed, but allow it to be messy. And it, it's tough because, again, even when that 20-minute session, like, I still have that inner coach going, you need to control this. Get in there, fix that grip. That Oh, that, that grip doesn't look quite right. And, like, even now I'm going down this non-linear uh, ecological dynamics approach, I still have that like traditional coach inside me. So that sort of brings me nicely on what should we be teaching these kids at TOTS? Because obviously we understand they are still developing. They're still growing. One of my biggest bug when I watch any level really is a lot of the time coaches are teaching them skills that are too advanced for the aging stage. We talked off camera, but I'm going to bring it up. The star shape. Yeah. So star shape, I see it all the time. Stand like a starfish and I throw you a ball. And I understand that that's very difficult for a top. And we, and we talked about it off camera because tots, we know physically, they can send and receive inside their body line, so inside their core. Anything outside, I'll go that way so I can see, <laughs> anything outside their body, they don't have the coordination or spatial awareness. And I see it still to this day, coaches teaching how to hit like a forehand out to the side, contact a bunch of shoes at touch. But we know physically they can't do it. But again, coaches will say, yeah, I'm getting them ready for the ATP tour. And what what I've started to say now is like, we have to teach these kids temporary movement solutions. So if we're going to teach sending, then send it inside. Some of them might be able to send outside. Yeah, because they may be physically more developed. So I see a lot of, Bad practice of what we shouldn't coach. So what should we coach at Tots? What's really beneficial in, 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 in your
1: opinion? Do you know I did the star shape thing? I think we're all guilty of. It and I'm, I'm guilty of it as well. I'm sure you I've know, done it at one point. You you kind of you you get into that thing of it's certainly when you're halfway through a term, and maybe at this point parents are starting to go, well, okay, were well, they gonna hit some balls now. And it is quite an easy thing to just say out loud and go, makes you turn and you've got all the, the spots and you can put the spots out. I mean, I, I think two things that I, I love is teaching, sending and receiving. Um, receiving, I think is actually far more important than sending, because I think if you, you give a child, any age child, a ball to throw, they're fine. But the ball coming to them, and trying to deal with the ball whether it's rolling on the floor whether it's a high throw into the air that's the hardest part yeah so I'll tend to work on the the splat of the ball stopping the ball whether they stop it with their hands their feet their racket that would be the first thing I look at and then I think then you can develop it from there the sending part um I I try and relate everything as well to a P lesson That's when they go to preschool or at school. So learning how to throw the ball differently, whether they're throwing the ball from the side and overarm or an underarm. But I will focus on sending and receiving a lot. The hitting of the ball. So towards the end of time, I've certainly got some of my tots classes that can hit the ball. Um, Some of them can do a little rally with me as well. Um, But I'd be focusing there on, I think it's all about the push. Pushing the ball, not hitting the ball telling the child to finish high or to turn it is not going to happen with tots so i think that we have got tots here at the park running club where they are doing a small short rally with me but it's again it's it's pointing the strings and i always put emphasis on hitting the ball up never hitting the ball forwards um i think once once they actually understand the strings are pointing up then it's actually through the development process if you wanted to work on the low to high swing they actually then have the understanding that they are hitting the ball from a low to high position by hitting the ball up um so my my biggest one is making sure the strings are pointing forwards and a push not a hit. Um, but again i would go back to first of all uh, working on actually the receiving part of that can they as the ball comes to them do they understand where the ball is do they understand how that how they receive the ball, whether it's whether they stop it with their racket or catch it with their hands.
0: may I, that, that's that's so so good. and like you can tell you're a tots guru or Tots expert because <laughs> I think like there's, there's so much good stuff and and we understand that tennis, I call it a receiving and sending game because apart from the serve, you you receive a ball before you've got to send it. yeah, a lot of coaches will focus on the sending because they think that's the most important part. but unless you receive it, and use your perception skills to get yourself in the right position to make a decision and then into the action like it's it's irrelevant and i think the perception element is always missed and what coaches do i think in my in my mind back to front is they look at the sending then the receiving but it should be the other way around yeah Uh, they also try and decouple it as well like for me you can't Practice just sending skills about receiving, and you can't practice receiving without sending. They're always interlinked. Yeah. And I think one thing I well, one thing I know coaches get wrong is we have to understand that these kids' perception skills are really limited. And one thing that I do, especially I go a bit off time here, but at Reds, getting kids to hit a short ball is unbelievably difficult because they can't see the short ball. And I'm not a scientist, but what I what I believe is because their eyes are so small, light hits the back of the eye and comes out really quick, so their depth perception is really limited. So when you're getting a kid to receive a short ball, they can't see it. They almost see in 2D, and that's why yeah. you see a lot of red players, they move laterally left and right, because they haven't quite developed the perception skill or the spatial awareness to move forwards and backwards, and... When I see a lot of tots lessons, the kids, like you said before, they spread out massively. They can't quite perceive the distance and the the speed of the ball. And that's why it looks looks really, really messy. And, And I think just stuff like that, I know, like, as coaches, we need to be more aware of what these kids physically and mentally are capable of at that stage. And, like, we just made a joke there about the starfish. Like, you can't send with an extended lever. You haven't got the coordination. So, why are coaches getting them to strike the ball? Why are the coaches getting to follow through over the shoulder? Because they see it at the Aussie Open this week with a 20 year old professional player who plays four hours a day and been doing it for 20 years. It's like, and like you, what you said there is what I mentioned before. Like, you're giving them a temporary movement solution, open the racket face up, tap it that's all you that's all you need to do at this stage
1: yeah you get yep. bigger
0: physically stronger and you get more experience with your perception then you can start making that a little bit bigger so i saw about a red session i watched recently where a coach is teaching the player to have a very big swing very big follow through to hit with topspin the player is not physically capable of that like they they haven't got the, the the range of movement they haven't got the coordination they haven't got the perception skills to deal with that situation but a coach feels that that's what a forehand looks like. And I see it within tot sessions as well, where kids are lined up and the coach throws them the ball. So the first thing that again I say to coaches is when you're throwing the ball, that's very difficult for that kid to judge because of their perception skills are developing. They can't read the
1: height and the speed of the ball. That's why we do floor tennis. One of one of the best, one of the best tips I can give for feeding in a tot session is you need to get down to the same height as the child because they see the ball for longer. The ball, yeah. if the ball's at the same height as them, their as you said, their perception of the ball, they see the ball. If you're standing above them and the, the ball above their head and they're looking up at you, it's, yeah, They again, the reception skills, even if I'm doing a throwing and catching exercise, I mean, a lot of the floor work stuff I do i'll get them to kneel down first of all so yeah. everything's on the floor but they're on the floor as well right. um again it, it helps with the perception and the c- control
0: May that, 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 that's again something i've not thought about like just listening now you're right because if i'm standing up that ball's coming from quite a higher range so the kids if slower,
1: happens as well the ball bounces higher um yeah. whereas if i'm um, if they were hitting i'm kind of thinking along the lines if they were rallying with each other or they were hitting to each other yeah. Or one of they were doing cooperative learning and one was throwing and one was hitting, they would still be at the same height. So a lot of my demonst- if I was to demonstrate something, for example, one of my favorite games is something so simple of putting a bucket in the middle of the court and making the children throw the ball in the bucket. Right. It sounds sounds ridiculous. It sounds, you know, that's so, so simple. But I, I learned it years ago from a, a coach in France and children love it. You can do so many different activities with an overarm throw, an underarm throw, even hitting the ball into the bucket as you develop it later on. But if I demonstrate that, I would do that kneeling down. So I'm showing them the type of ball throw that I want, or the, maybe the flight of the ball, how the ball would go better into the bucket rather than me standing up tall and just doing an overarm throw, because I'm not the same height. Obviously their, their heights and how the ball would move would be different.
0: May again, that's great. Something that I've not really thought about in too much detail, but again, it's almost like trying to mimic, mimic the same flight path that they want to try and copy as well. Because we know at this age, they will copy each other and they will copy you as well. So it's important yeah. that we do get down to their right height. Um And it, yeah, I, I just think there's there's a, a lack of understanding within coaching of the physical and mental ability of a child at different stages and. Like I think what the LTA did a few years ago with LTA Youth, whether people like it or not, it is designed for the physical capability of the child at that stage. And I know a lot of coaches say, Yeah, but there's no tennis at the blue stage. It's tennis for blue stage players. Like we we, we look at it as a 40-year-old, 41-year-old coach and go, Oh, that's dead easy. We're not three and four, we're not five and six, we've got years of experience. And I say it on coach education today it really annoys me when a coach starts to demo with this is simple or this is easy oh that's a good because one. like so what happens when the player doesn't achieve success straight away but you said it's dead easy like it's it's easy for you as a coach like and like yeah. i say a lot now even with with all levels of player okay today's challenge today's challenge or this is level 1 of the challenge today because kids love challenges And it's just, again, it's just wording, but like going back to the original point, it's having an awareness of what they can and can't do. But then, like I said before though, sometimes we have this perception of what they can't do. So we don't let them try. Well, we don't know. We don't know until like they maybe have a go as well. So sometimes let them them explore. Um, But yeah, it's just, I used to think it was a really challenging age group. I don't know more. Because I think I took upon myself to learn more about, that, about about child developments, not just coaching, but learn more about. Okay, what do they learn best? How do they learn? They learn by sticking stuff in the mouth, for one. Which, like, <laughs> fair, fair enough. Yeah. The certain equipments I know I'm not going to touch about wiping it down. Okay, <laughs> but okay, if if they want to stick it in their mouth, if they want to do it, and that's fine
1: by like, days of wiping the equipment yeah,
0: down. Yeah, But then understanding like that they are learning through exploration. They try. They want to try new things. They want to put the cone on the head and see what it feels like. They want to knock over the very, very nicely set up court that the coach has set up for ten minutes beforehand. Um. And and I think it's just it's it's understanding that. So is is there anything sort of any other top tips there of, of what they enjoy to do at
1: this age or, I one of my. One of my favourite kind. of, If you did go along the lines of hitting more or the connection with the ball and the racket, so them kind of thing, because you always get that one top that comes in and goes. I'm not playing tennis. You <laughs> yeah. always get one. You always get one. One child that mum and dad have said you're playing tennis today, or maybe it's a sibling, their brother or sister. Or yeah, 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 and yeah. They think I'm playing tennis today. You always get the one but it's they, they're actually them understanding that hitting the ball, and that's probably the hardest part. So one of the things I've, I think if you did want to encourage more hitting is volleying, is, is letting them volley the ball. Whether they hold the racket by the size, which is an LTA youth game, holding it with one hand, high in the ball, the high-five game, where they come in and high-five you, then they high-five the ball, then they high-five it with the racket. It, they are hitting the ball, the ball's going over the net. Um, years and years ago, a coach said to me, um, "Whenever you're volleying, lower the net." And it's something I still stick with today because if the net's lower. They've got the success of the ball going over the net. Whether they're an adult, teenager, development group, but you can develop volleying just by lowering the net because the success rate's much higher. But with tots tennis, you immediately you've got them hitting the ball from doing something much easier. Whether they hold the racket in front, like a a policeman stopping traffic or a traffic runner a lollipop lady a woman it's doing something where they hit the ball immediately it they've got the association with tennis if you do come across that that child that thinks well throwing the ball over arm or throwing the ball under that's not tennis or picking up or tidying up or doing an assault that's not tennis they want to hit the ball that's the hardest part um i it's, it's one of my favorite things to say to it child when you go into a school and you're doing floor rallying with uh, year four and they go well this isn't tennis and you say to them okay well you know in your next maths lesson if your question your question is the hardest possible question in the first lesson would you be happy with that no okay so what what how would you start will you start with an easier one that's that's what you you're doing with that first with tots tennis you're starting at the easiest stage from the start for a long, long time and then building it up. And I, I think it's the association with hitting the ball is a big one. Mm-hmm. But obviously I'm understanding as well there's different things, there's different things you do first. But that hitting, just allowing them to have a go at hitting the ball, if you did want that, I think volleying is one of the best things to do.
0: Yeah, I love it. And I, I think I've done it before where you put the racket in front of your face and, and you've like, the, you on the ball and they just got to tap it away. Yeah. Um. I also love Judy Murray's one. Have you seen the pinata, where she has like yes. a ball in the bag? You got to hit it. I've done that. Flip, flip serves. Put the ball in front. You got to flip it off. Yeah. I think yeah. anything where you you introduce, oh, introduce yeah. the racket uh, is really key. And like we said a few times, well, you've said a few times, it's just patience. Just patience. It's like, it's like. They're not going to always hit it. They're not, they're not. They're not always going to get it in. Like just let them explore. We said that word quite a lot as well. Uh, explore that as well, mate. We're almost running out of time. So we've worked together the last few weeks. We've we've put together a great coaching resource, Tiny so, yeah. Tennis Titans. Would you like to sort of just talk through what Tiny Tennis Titans is and what amazing resource you what well, we've
1: put together? Well, the book guys has got everything we've kind of discussed today in it it's got lesson plans it's got ideas it's got little things in it that you can take on to court which hopefully makes your top session easier um it's something you can read before a lesson um it's something that will help you recap on a lesson as well it's got some of my top tips of how i communicate with the children what i might do within that lesson and and how i'd structure some of the lesson as well um, and obviously your input into it, Steve, as well. So it's uh, it's a, a lovely little coach's book that's hope, all based on Tots Tennis um, and the idea of Tiny Tennis Titans as well. It's uh, it's a good little uh, tool to have in your uh, your coach's kit. It, it's great. And like it,
0: it's been really fun sort of putting that book together. So the book is out today when this stream goes out, 2nd of Feb. So the link will be in the description and yeah, it's about, it's just under 80 pages and it, it's full of all your amazing insights to how to be a good tot, if i not a great tot uh, tennis coach. We've got some lesson plans in there as well. Haven't quite got my horror stories, but you've definitely got some of my insights in there as well. Um, I think should have added some of those, Steve. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, it's just, I think it's just a great little resource. Because like we said at the start of the stream, like, people see it as a very difficult age group. I used to, I tried to run away from it and my wife wouldn't let me as we've established quite a few times on this call. But it's such an important one because it's probably their first experience of tennis. It's their first experience of coaching. If we want to drive participation, if we want to get more kids involved, we are now competing with other sports. I was listening to a podcast this week. Most Premier League academies now have an under five team which that's a conversation for a different stream like talk about early specialization but other sports are now specializing early we're getting younger and younger yeah I reckon I reckon we'll soon be getting newborn babies to sign up for programs and <laughs> baby tennis because it, it's a very competitive market so we we've got to get it right I think we've got to give the coaches who run that level support and we talked off camera, I don't think there's enough education in and around this space.
1: We touched
0: on it on Coach Ed. There's no specialised coach education. There might be later on this year with Tiny Tennis Titans with a couple of specialised workshops, which we've got planned. So stay tuned for that. Follow at Tiny Tennis uh, Titans on Instagram for all information, because there's not a lot of coach education out there. I don't touch upon it within all my stuff that I do within Coach Ed. It's the most requested workshop I get. For. So coaches say to me, "Have you got anything on tots? I'm really struggling with tots. Can you help me with a tots?" And I'm like, "I've got horror stories, uh, <laughs> yeah. but let me get back to you." So it's an amazing book. It's it's a quick read. It's just under said eighty pages, but it's got lots of stuff in there. Uh, and hopefully, it's going to be part of a bigger project. We've been talking about maybe getting some coach education workshops set up this year. We've got an Instagram, Tiny Tennis Titans. Where we're going to sort of Sort of posting some Tots tennis content on there as well. Um, and who better to learn from than the Tot's tennis guru himself, eh? Oh,
1: uh, Thank you, Steve.
0: Mate, okay. I'm just it to learn from you and sort of just put, put <laughs> my little horror stories in there because I don't want other coaches and, and to be honest, like I joke about, it, but I don't want other coaches having bad experiences and walking away from it because that's that's what I try to do. Yeah. Uh, but not everyone's got a wife as strong willed as mine, <laughs> not to let me walk away. And now, mate. I love it. It's my favourite half hour. It's not performance, but I love doing it. I see the impact, not only does it have on the kids, but like they may go on to play tennis. They may go on to different sports and it's just,
1: it gives you that warm feeling in your tummy sometimes. It's it's such an important part of any programme. You know, you look along some of the programmes I've worked in and looking at, you know, massive programme here at the Park Langley Club some of the children that have started in TOTS that are now in the performance program are still within that. It's massive. It's such a a rewarding feeling as a coach knowing you've started them there and they're now hooked all the way to there. Um, It's, you know, to to kind of go off how much the lesson, how enjoyable the lesson is anyway, but I think a lot of coaches do forget that you can do this during the day. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't something you do have to do at your four o'clock sessions. You know, TOTS Tennis, you can run a very good, nice little program throughout the day. And it's it's another resource. It's another source of income that, that so many coaches go, oh, well, I don't want to do it because I don't like it. But it's actually, it's such a massive part of a coaching program. And you, you go to schools and you will get the eight and unders come into your program, um, the eight-year-olds and, and so on. But actually if you've got that group of children at the beginning those are the ones you can educate and show right the way through the program there's nothing more rewarding than than watching a player that you used to teach in tots now uh, in the performance level or county or regional and it's you know i've been lucky enough to to work with some players now that one of them is played at Wimbledon and, and it, it's quite an incredible thing that you you kind of you get to see throughout the stages. So, yeah, it's uh, it's really rewarding to do. And it's, it's something we've got to encourage coaches to do. But obviously that educating them, give them the confidence to do it and enjoy it, um, enjoy it as well. And hopefully this this helps. Mate, I, I think that word confidence is key because I think I'm
0: more confident now. It's taken me 24 years coaching to actually get confident doing a top session. Yeah. And I do feel we talked about before a lot of these younger coaches get given those sessions because it's seen to be easy. It's actually the harder session, like yeah. coach, because it's more chaotic. Like a performance session's dead easy. Like it's 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 simple performance session because it's normally structured. They know what to expect and the behaviours are different. I love the the fact you pulled up there that you could do this in the day. And what do coaches cry out about all the time? Daytime. I need more daytime work. Daytime. I need more daytime hours.
1: Yeah.
0: And like and like it's you can. Nice. It, yeah, because um, these kids so important. are important. Um, and I love the fact as well that it is a massive part of the journey. If we want better eight-year-olds, if we start them at four, they learn what a coaching session is about. They learn the environment, the behaviors. Like, and we said at, the, at sort of midway through the stream, like it's the base of the pyramid. But generally, it's the smallest part of the pyramid. It's a couple of kids. Then you have a massive red program, small orange, small green. Imagine if you had a yeah. massive TOTS program where you can fill up your daytime hours and then everything else just gets gets better and better. And, yeah, hopefully the, the resource we put together, the Tiny Tennis Titans book, is out today. Description is below. Follow at Tiny Tennis Titans on Instagram. We are planning some workshops, mate, aren't we? We're going to get some dates out yeah
1: we, we are. Um, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, we'll hopefully get those out as uh, as soon as possible, get some dates ready to go for that as well.
0: Yeah, on that note as well, if any coaches are are watching the stream and they want to host a workshop, get in touch. We just probably need an indoor space that we could get some coaches in. Uh, But, yeah, get in touch with us because we're keen to get out and sort of help coaches grow their confidence, like you said, in this space. You've got Sam there, obviously, with the amazing tennis experience. I'll come in with a bit of coach education and sort of, yeah, we'll sort of tag team it, mate, and sort of hopefully help coaches out uh sam apart from your amazing touch tennis stuff where can people find more about you okay in case they want to follow you on instagram and stuff what's your Uh, i'm
1: on instagram as tyler tennis coaching um i'm also yeah so that's my my main site if you want to follow me on there drop us a message on there um obviously you'll also find me on the park langley club uh, website as well if you want to get any details from there
0: and if if parents are watching mate and they're inspired can they get in touch you about doing stuff the definitely. The yes, definitely. If
1: they go onto the website the park Nangley club and um, we have a, a a massive tots program here we actually have tots running pretty much every day of the week which is, nice. which is fantastic you know kind of going back to what we we're saying about more hours um you know we've got quite a big tots program here um it, as i said it's running every day of the week so yes if you are interested uh, get in contact at the park Langley club um and i'm sure one of the team will be able to contact you as well
0: and then if, if any coaches have any quest, like direct questions and stuff for you, is the email address they can maybe get in touch with you? Yep, so you
1: can contact me. Like my email address, sorry, is on uh, my Instagram page, Tyler Tennis Coaching, but you can contact me via sam at tylertennis.co.uk. Excellent. I'll put that in the description, mate, as well. Um,
0: but, mate, listen, it's been great to chat. I love talking to our tennis. I think I learn more from you than, than, than anyone else, especially in this space because – Oh, A bit of pressure you. every week doing my wife's my, my wife's half hour session that I don't get paid for. I do it for the love of the game. <laughs> of my wife won't pay me because it's our business. Um, <laughs> yeah, mate, listen. I think I think it's great. I think I highly encourage other coaches to follow you because uh, the stuff that you put out is absolute gold. You not only know your stuff, but obviously, hopefully, people can tell you're passionate about this age group as well. Uh, and we need more you. coaches like you at this age group, mate. Um, but yeah, mate. Speak soon. Take care of it.